Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I'm so very pleased to have Katie Vernon as my guest today for Song of the Soul. I count her as a new friend because as bouncy and upbeat as she can be, she is also so very deep and thoughtful and moving. Going sometimes under the sobriquet ukulele songbird, she's that and much, much more. She does have a bright, dancing voice tinged with the accent of her native England, and she does play a sprightly, versatile ukulele, but her music is so full and catchy, weaving in a rich assortment of instruments, and it will surely lodge itself deep in your heart. I've been in touch with her for a couple months, but the impending release of her third album, Suit of Hearts, and the song she performed last week with Sarah Morris on Sarah's Toilet Tune video series makes this the perfect time for Katie Vernon to join us by phone from White Bear, Minnesota. Katie, I'm absolutely delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Refresh my memory. How did you find out about Song of the Soul? You're over in the Twin Cities. I am in the Twin Cities, and I saw you sharing, actually, an interview with Sarah Morris. And Sarah and I have been friends for, I think, about four years. And, you know, I'm always kind of looking for just new and interesting audiences to connect to. And I really liked what you were doing. Is it or is it not true that you just did one of the toilet tunes with her? I did, yeah. I think that's my fourth one, maybe. So I didn't realize, but I was her second guest on Toilet Tunes when she first started doing them. I don't think she quite planned for it to take off the way it did. But as soon as I saw her first one, I just thought it was so fun. And I've done a couple of group sing-alongs. She'll invite a whole bunch of us. I think she just wants to see how many people she can fit in her bathroom. I've done that a couple of times as recently as One for Christmas just passed. And because I have a big show this weekend, she invited me in this week to do one. So it's always a good time. Has it created a confidence in yourself in terms of the quality of your own bathroom to see hers? (laughs) Well, my bathroom does not compare to hers at all. But it is quite funny that even years ago in 2012, when I was making my first demos to make a record, I recorded all of those demos in my bathroom. So there's something to be said for bathrooms and how great the acoustics are and the fact that you can lock the door, which often when you have little children is kind of the only place you can escape to. I believe you're specifically located, even as we speak, in White Bear, Minnesota, just on the north end of the Twin Cities, right? Yes, it's the northeast. It's kind of a suburb of St. Paul, but it's not too far away. And I think people will notice that you are not speaking in the same way that Garrison Keillor says Minnesotans speak. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I can say White Bear Lake with a bit of an accent, but no, I originally hail from London, England. 
Can you say, I can't, or can you only say, I can't? Oh, no, I can only say I can't, which actually is funny when we're listening to music throughout this time. You can actually hear my English accent quite strongly on some of the songs. And I think that's because I was there when I wrote them. And so even though I've been making music for years, I think the songs on this newest record show my English accent more than any. <laughs> well, I did notice it as I was listening through Suite of Hearts, the new release you have. What's your history with respect to England and the U.S.? Uh, when's the transition happen? Yeah, well, I was born and raised in London. My parents were actually both Welsh, born and raised, but I was born and grew up all my life in Southeast London. And then when I was 19, I met an American from Iowa and we fell in love. He was in the Air Force at the time. We actually met on trains crisscrossing Europe. So that was kind of fun and kind of long distance dated for a couple of years. And then I just kind of went for it and took the plunge in 1993 when I was 21 and came over to the States. And we immediately settled in Minneapolis and kind of moved around Minneapolis a little while and then came to White Bear at about 10 years ago. So I'm very Minnesotan at this point. I've survived very many winters. I feel legit Minnesotan at this point. And have you visited Lake Wobegon? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> No, but I did do a show with Garrison Keeler once, actually. My whole band did. We took part in a series of concerts. He only did three that were called the Rhubarb Show. And that was kind of an experiment with doing a late night version of Prairie Home. So he would do the Prairie Home Show. Then the whole audience would leave. A whole new audience would come in and he would do a whole nother show. So my band were the musical guests for one of those. It was a thrill. I mean, we got to play the main stage at the Fitz Gerald. And up until that point, I mean, that really was our biggest show ever. So it was very exciting. I still have the poster. And my sense of you is that you started from pretty strong folk roots and that you've become more rockish, if that's a proper yeah. term. Yeah, yeah, rockish. I like that. Yeah, I think songwriting by its very nature, especially as I, you know, my primary instrument is the ukulele, that's going to lend itself. A female vocal with a ukulele kind of lends itself to folk. I've always loved pop and disco and other tunes. So I think I will always enjoy crossing over to different genres and certainly don't consider that I've left folk behind. I'm just incorporating other sounds as well as I grow. And when did you pick up the uke? The ukulele, I've been songwriting really my whole life, but I picked up the ukulele, I think, in about 2011. I pretty quickly wrote a whole bunch of songs and made my first CD in 2012. I took to the ukulele very quickly, which is funny because I was quite a mediocre guitar player. But as soon as I picked up the uke, it just seemed to just fit me better and definitely sparked songwriting in a way that I hadn't felt on the guitar for, for quite some time. Well, let's dive into some of your music, and we'll flesh in some of your musical history and life history as we go on. What shall we start with? We can start with Listen. That is a song that, in this version, really showcases the ukulele. The only other instruments we have are a string quartet. So I like the idea of such a simple four-string instrument being matched with such a beautiful arrangement of strings. It's just a really gentle way, I think, to start. We're going to start Katie Vernon's Song of the Soul with a song that she has twice on her recording. We're listening to the version with strings and voice only. It's called Listen. Listen. 
is how it all ends. Nobody wins. No one left is friends. fortunate to have here today for Song of the Soul, Katie Vernon. And Katie, by the way, is K-A-T-Y. Vernon is spelled pretty much as you'd expect, and the link's on northernspiritradio.org for Song of the Soul. And listen, amongst other things besides displaying your talent with the uke, it displays the range of your voice. (laughs) I think you can hit higher notes than I can by at least two or three octaves. (laughs) I'm not sure. How low can you go, though? Oh, pretty low. Let's hear something really low. La, la. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Doesn't sound very pretty down there. I don't know. I was impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, I'm not classically trained, so I don't know what my octave range is. But I love experimenting with the voice kind of as an instrument in itself. For many years, it was really my only instrument because I sang with a band and I didn't play any instruments then. I was too shy to combine standing there with a the guitar and singing. So singing has always really been my favorite instrument. So before you became Katie Vernon, who were you when you were on stage? I was always Katie Vernon. That's my maiden name. It was important to me to keep that name, even though, you know, I got married so young and I did take my husband's last name, which is Vanderwood. So my initials never changed, but I've always kept my given birth name as a performer. But on stage, what bands were you performing with? 
I was the lead singer of a band called the Camdens, and we started probably in the late 90s. We made a record in the year 2000 called Halfway Around the World. And if people give me a special handshake at a show, I can give them a CD. Um, I still have a box, I think, kicking around. That was a very pop, kind of folky pop band. And I wrote a lot of the songs back then. But there was another writer in the band as well called Scott Walker, who is also British. So that was kind of funny and, and we would joke sometimes that we were really big in the UK but the, the <laughs> truth was we met in Minneapolis via the city pages but we played the fine line the 400 bar you know all those kind of big venues in the city back then how long were you with them five maybe six years a lot of that time was in coffee shops you know and writing and really paying our dues and we had a little bit of success with our first cd and and then just kind of went our separate ways but i'm still in touch with the guys and it was a ton of fun it was great practice just being in a band and kind of learning the ropes of load-in sound check all that kind of stuff The interesting thing about listening is that you have it two times on this recording, Suit of Hearts. Yeah, it's on there twice because it's definitely a band album and I love what my band brings. They all have such great ideas and are such good musicians. But because I kind of started more folky genre, I didn't want to lose that sense. I want to always have something on my records that people who really are more kind of fans of acoustic, quiet songs have something to listen to. This also was my first record I've exclusively played the ukulele on every track. I don't have any guitar playing of mine. Um, I have a guitar player, but of my own, there's no guitar playing. And so I wanted to do something that really showcased the ukulele because playing the ukulele and touring and meeting other ukulele players was such a huge part of me wanting to write this record. But you did allow the Laurel String Quartet to join you. Well, you know, they were just a little too good to take off. I was like, (laughs) as soon as I heard what they did, I was like, "Mm, yeah, we can keep that. And like I said, I kind of like the idea of a very humble little instrument like the ukulele kind of sitting side by side with a string quartet. I think there's something (laughs) fun about that. One of the things that has touched me as I've listened to your music is the sense of your vulnerability, your open-heartedness. In Listen, I had a strong sense of that, a sense of you finding a different way to relate to the world as well. I'm a Quaker. Our form of worship is an hour of silent listening mm. for, to the spirit in, within. And as a group, though, doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What part does listening have in your life? And, and this song, I think, says something different about a transition in you. Yeah, that's really interesting to equate it to that because I think a big part of my life the last couple of years has been recovery. And when I say that, it's for me, that means stopping drinking, but also just being really much more mindful of how I deal with emotions and how I respond to things happening in my life, realizing that I don't have control. And a big part of recovery is embracing that rather than feeling kind of helpless realizing that the universe and and however you want to name things in life is so much bigger than my everyday concerns and that I can't control any of that. And so I need to try to find some peaceful way of responding to life instead of trying to micromanage it. And in recovery meetings, there's a lot of very active listening where everybody has a chance to talk and share if they want to, but there's no time limit put on that and there's no crosstalk 
talk aloud, which means sometimes you have to sit there and just listen to an open-ended discussion and realize that your role that day might just be to listen to that person and not wait your turn to talk and kind of be thinking what you're going to say. And that taught me so much. I've kind of always been that person kind of thinking about what comes next, what I'm going to talk about. And on a bigger scale, what really inspired the song was I just feel as a whole society, as a whole country right now, we're not listening to each other and we're just arguing our points and trying to win. And, you know, nobody wins if everyone shouts over each other. Well, let's lift up some more of your music. What do you want to share next? <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and listen to Suit of Hearts because that's the title track and really hopefully sets the scene for the whole CD, which is about inner bravery and what that means to you. Just strength and vulnerability. Suit of Hearts was really inspired by wearing my heart on my sleeve to the point where sometimes I think I've overshared and I almost am wearing a whole suit of hearts and feeling very vulnerable. But I think that there's strength in that. And that's what the song was about. Suit of Hearts by Katie Vernon.
I love the energy of that song. It's called Suit of Hearts. <laughs> it's title track of Katie Vernon's most recent release. You'll find her at her website, katievernon.com. Katie is K-A-T-Y-V-E-R-N-O-N.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. And you may never be brave, but you may never save anyone's life in this life but your own. I was wondering if this has something also to do with your sense of recovery. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny because I shared those lyrics, just that little snippet that you just read, but kind of out of context, really. I just kind of shared them on my social media a few weeks ago before the record was being heard by people. And someone said, but it is brave to save your own life. And I was like, yeah, no, that's the point. I guess I <laughs> confused the issue, but it doesn't feel brave, maybe. You know, that's kind of what I meant was that the very little things that we do within our own lives that maybe don't seem like they're impacting anyone else, those small acts can be really brave. And I do feel hopefully without sounding completely over the top but I feel like writing this record really saved my life I started writing these songs when I was very very down on myself and I was newly sober but just getting diagnosed with depression and really dealing with some difficult things in life and I thought then if I can chronicle the hard stuff I'm going through that might help me and help others but I only want to put the record out if I can find my way through And so it gave me not the incentive, you know, obviously you want to get better no matter what you're going through in life, but it kind of gave me something to really hold on to as I was trying to get well. How has it changed your life since you became sober? You said just a couple of years ago, a few years ago? Yeah, just a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, the biggest thing I did was, so I got sober. You know, I knew for health reasons and stuff that I was drinking too much. So I stopped drinking, but that was just the beginning. And then, you know, I really just felt all this kind of emotional upheaval and realized that I really essentially had been grieving for about 30 years. I lost my parents in my early teens, both of them within five years. So I just kind of always thought I was a grieving, sad person. And, you know, I made as good a life as I could with all of that and have a happy marriage, have a couple of kids. I've kind of checked all the boxes for behaving myself well and making something of my life. But I just felt this deep unhappiness and always thought it was grief. When I stopped drinking and those feelings were still there, a friend encouraged me to go to the doctor and just really be honest about what I was dealing with and how I was feeling because it was beginning to feel like I would need to start drinking again because I just didn't want to feel that way. And so I went to the doctor and she diagnosed me with depression. That was actually a relief because then I realized there's something you can do about it. You know, at some point, the two things overlapped. Grief was very real. I didn't realize that there was also something else going on. So I started to get help and medication and some therapy. And as things began to get easier, an opportunity arose to tour the UK and play a couple of big ukulele festivals. Now, that's something that if I was still feeling really, really down or was feeling like I needed to drink, I wouldn't have taken that leap. I wouldn't have felt brave enough. So with the encouragement of my husband, he was like, go for it. Go 
play music. Just do that with your life for the next six weeks, which was such a huge, freeing, fun adventure to go on. And I was still very nervous to, I thought, oh, if I'm in the UK and I don't have my husband kind of checking in on me, will I just become a crazy drunk and be irresponsible? But I knew this was such an amazing opportunity and I wanted to enjoy every minute of it. And I didn't drink and I didn't have anyone I had to explain myself to, or, but it just felt like I made a really good, solid promise to myself. And I just felt really healthy and creative and free. And I thought, I really need to write a record during this time. The sad kind of stuff I'd started working on, dealing with my depression, I wanted to carry through and have something to show at the end of the tour. I'd be very shocked if there wasn't a song that you're going to share today that would dovetail nicely with that. Yeah. Do you have one ready? I think that we should start with how I felt at the beginning of the tour, because I think that will show the mental place that I was in at the beginning. So the very first song I wrote when I was there is called Catch Myself. I would play that one. Then we'll do that because Katie Vernon wishes it. She who must be obeyed. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) We're fortunate enough to have Katie Vernon here for Song of the Soul. This is her song, Catch Myself. Thank you. 
I'm overjoyed to have Katie Vernon here today for Song of the Soul. Catch Myself is one of the 12 tracks on her release this year called Suit of Hearts. The link for Katie Vernon is on northernspiritradio.org. And she's here for Song of the Soul, which is on northernspiritradio.org. On our site, you'll find all of our guests for the last 14 years almost. Wow. We've been going for a long time, and there are so many amazing people that we've had on our show, and our interviews with them and links to them are on northernspiritradio.org. Also, there's a place to post comments to make our communication two-way. There's a donate button. This is full-time work, and it's supported by you, the listeners, not by corporations or government, but because you want to see it continue. It is broadcast nationwide on community radio stations all across the U.S. I want you to support first your community radio station. There's such wonderful music and news that you get via community radio that you get nowhere else. So please start by supporting them. And then if you have a few shekels left, help out Northern Spirit Radio. But you should also make sure you go out there to katievernon.com and check out Suit of Hearts and your previous two recordings. And I, yes. I, we should mention something about them. Yeah. Well, I have two previous. So Before I Forget was my first one in 2012. I also had a record in 2015 called Present. You can find them, they're all streaming, so you can find them on Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, and I should have them on my website. I think I do. I can still mail out some hard copies for people that like CDs. You don't, and or at least you don't have them prominently. I was looking for them. Oh, well, then I'll have to add them. I'm only allowed a certain amount of products on there, or I have to start paying, and I'm quite cheap. So, But yeah, you can order them from me. I'll hook you up. I like to think of it as a trilogy. Before I Forget was very much about my past. And then Present was, you know, me having a fun time with my rock band. And now, Suit of Hearts, we're looking to the future. A couple of the things in Catch Myself that struck me about catching yourself. And I'm wondering, there's multiple senses of that. And I value so much people doing their introspection, mm-hmm. being accountable for their own actions. And I think the 12 mm-hmm. steps helps in that. But I never have the sense anymore in my life that I'm completely alone. If I do, it's because I'm not aware of the big picture. I'm, yeah. So what does catching yourself mean to you in that big picture? You know, obviously there's recovery and kind of 12-stepping, influencing it. But it's really about not making excuses for your life. You might mess up and that's okay. But, you know, it's a time to just take a good hard look at yourself and realize that you can start again. You can check in with yourself and maybe apologize to anyone that you've hurt along the way, but that you have the ability to start over and quit beating up on yourself and catch yourself. I was very much at the beginning of my tour feeling like six weeks to just, you know, run around the UK and play music might have been a selfish choice. But I knew deep down that I needed it and that I would come home a better wife and a better mother for taking some time to myself and really tapping into what I love to do. So do you still feel the same feelings that were leading you to drink or what happens? sometimes. I mean, you know, that's when the hard work sets in because it's all well and good to feel good about yourself when you take the first few good steps to 
change your behavior, but all those old feelings are going to come up again. So I've really done some work on those, going to the UK and, and literally kind of walking the streets of my childhood and kind of facing some fears and just things in life that made me sad to revisit. I kind of pulled my socks up and did it. There's a song we can play later on that really talks about walking through my hometown and, and feeling those feelings. So I very much wanted to confront those feelings and not run away from them. Also, I started antidepressants and I started talk therapy. A lot of what I blamed myself for was actually depression. And that was something that luckily can be helped. If anyone's feeling completely overwhelmed by their feelings, there may be something slightly imbalanced that they can get help with. So it's a little bit of everything. You know, I make sure I exercise more. I swim, you know, four times a week. And I'm just doing whatever I can to, in healthy ways, make myself feel better. You said there was a song we could share later. Is now later? Yeah, we could share it now. Sure. So Somebody's Daughter's Daughter is probably the most emotional song on the record. It talks about going to my childhood home and just kind of standing there looking in the windows and realizing it's not home anymore. But that every time I went back to London, I would usually go and see that house. And it had a lot of sad memories for me. This time when I went back, I really felt a sense that it was someone else's home and that's good. That's what's supposed to happen in life. You know, you're not supposed to tie all your angst and memories to a place. You're supposed to kind of move on. And then also I visited Wales and met up with a cousin who I hadn't seen in 30 years. And she showed me where my mom grew up and we spent time walking my mom's favorite beaches. And I just really felt a sense that even though I feel very alone in the world and haven't had parents, parents for most of my life, I do feel a sense of the women and the family and the roots that I come from. And that was a lovely feeling. And I knew before I'd even finished the song that I wanted a whole choir of women to sing that and kind of be the voice of ancestors that I never knew. Because I never even met my own grandma. Women in my family don't tend to stick around that long. So I've always had a bit of a shadow over me with that. But this felt like I could turn that around and just pay tribute to those women. And Katie Vernon pays tribute with her song, Somebody's Daughter's Daughter. I don't know how to be alone It feels like I've always been so lonely But my head and heart were full
song capturing part of the process of Katie Vernon's healing called Somebody's Daughter's Daughter. Katie Vernon's website is katievernon.com. Katie is K-A-T-Y. The link is on northernspiritradio.org. And thank you for spelling it because people always think it's K-A-T-I-E. So Somebody's Daughter's Daughter. And, you know, I... I hesitate to ask in case it's a particularly vulnerable thing. My mom died when I was nine. I know the hole that that produced in my life. Yeah. And actually her alcoholism and probably depression ahead of that were part of the hole in my life. And my dad, because of his alcoholism, I think wasn't nearly as available to me. So sure. even though I still had my father around, I still felt somewhat parentless. Yeah. How did you lose your parents? My mom got sick when I was nine. So she got lymphoma, which is a form of blood cancer. So she was sick from the age of nine. And then she was better for about a year. So, you know, we kind of thought she'd beat it. And then it came back and she died when I was 12. So she had been sick for three years. So I was 12. And then five years after that, my dad just suddenly had a massive heart attack. So that was such a polar opposite way of losing someone because we had been through a long illness with my mom. And then none of us knew, you know, I had two brothers. We didn't know anything was wrong with our dad. And suddenly he had a heart attack. And a few hours later, he was gone. So that was pretty traumatic. And I was 17. So my oldest brother became my legal guardian for about a year. And then I moved out. So when I was 18, I just moved out and went to college and lived in college dorms. And it it felt weird. You know, everyone in college is so excited to be away from their parents for the first time and eat pizza at midnight and do whatever. And I felt strangely just kind of grown up and kind of over all of that. And I kind of wished, you know, I just had parents I could go home to and take my laundry and cry on their shoulder. And I felt very alone. So it was, yeah, it was a very hectic time in my life. Again, you go through this transition as you stop drinking. And I think that first, it's kind of overwhelming. Do you have a sense of being in control of your life again? Is the higher power part of this? How do you deal with ups and downs? It's kind of a partnership where it's like I can make plans and I certainly try to have an overview of what I want and what I need to do, but anything could happen and I have to just respond to what happens. I can't change my past. So, you know, I've worked a lot on just trying to make peace with that and even you know, my future, for example, you can work as hard as you want to, you know, at a day job. But as soon as the school calls and said your kid is sick, you got to drop everything and go get your kids. So I kind of look at that as my life. You know, I can make all my plans and, and do everything that I want to do. But anything else that happens is out of my control. And I just have to roll with it and deal with it. That is how I deal with the kind of idea of a higher power is that you just never know what's going to happen in life and you just need to control how you deal with it, which segues nicely into a song. (laughs) Which one? Which one? (laughs) (laughs) It actually perfectly segues into Undertow. This is a song that I actually had the idea to write when I was feeling so completely overwhelmed by life. 
depressed and the medication, you know, wasn't working yet. And I just really thought I just couldn't handle anything in life. And I was crying every day and just not feeling good. I thought this feels like being dragged down and dragged under by an undertow. And then it occurred to me that, you know, an undertow spits you out at some point down the coastline. You have to learn not to fight that and just let it carry you wherever it's going to. I was so depressed, I didn't know how to end the song. So I just kind of kept that idea in the back of my mind. And then when I was in the UK and I literally sat by the seaside and watched the waves go in and out, I realized that I was doing what I needed to, which was just go where the current was taking me and try to learn the lessons that I needed to learn. And that's what the song's about. Undertow by Katie Vernon. Another moving song by Katie Vernon, 
Undertow is on her latest release, Suit of Hearts. Check it out via katievernon.com. And you should get to know her. And if you haven't seen her perform, your life should be enriched further if you would only do that. (laughs) But you might have to come up to the Twin Cities area to do that because I don't have the sense, Katie, that you spend a lot of time touring on the road except for that trip over to Europe that you're talking about. Yeah, you know, I do a little bit. I did the um, Stars of the North, I think, festival in Grand Marais last summer. So I try to get around the state a bit, but yeah, not as much as I'd like to. Well, you know, we have listeners all over the country. There's, I think, seven stations in California and three over. I'd like to go there. (laughs) (laughs) And there's three over in Massachusetts. And there's Iowa, Ames, Iowa's listening in. And so, I mean, there's places all over hearing. So I have a feeling there may be a clamber for your wider touring coming up. Yeah, so do you need to do that? I'm planning my third UK tour, and it is a bit ridiculous. I haven't toured the US as much, but England's just a lot smaller. It's more manageable, (laughs) but I do need to hit the road. Are you past the point in your life where you feel a heavy undertow? Is that is that past? Um, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, but you know, like we were saying earlier, life can throw anything at you. So I don't think that I'm necessarily past feeling that way. I think that I just understand how to deal with it. You know, staying present, staying sober, and just paying attention to all of the things in life that might kind of drag me down just makes me stronger and readier to deal with things. Because there's always going to be stuff in life, you know, that comes at you. Really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) More issues are going to come up? Oh, no. Well, I would love, uh, you know, I feel like I've had enough and I don't need any more. But obviously, that's pretty wishful thinking. So, no, I feel... um, You know, my suit of hearts is like my suit of armor as well. I can deal with it. Well, I think it's time to conclude our visit. We should have time for one more song. So I think even though the subject line of this song sounds like it's going to be downbeat and difficult, this is a nice, fun song to end on. It's called Latest Disaster. (laughs) And I wrote it. um, I wrote it when everything was going wrong. I crashed my car. I broke my toe. I broke my phone everything. You know, I was doing all these good steps in life to get sober and get my act together. And every time I left the house, something bad happened. But I think that the universe just needed to kind of knock me down a few more times for me to really pay attention. I wrote this song while crying in the shower, but it was my own little mantra to myself to just keep on going and to just not give up. That's what the song's about. Well, we're going to conclude our visit with Katie Vernon. Katie lives on the northeast end of the Twin Cities area in what's called White Bear, Minnesota. And you can find her via her website, katievernon.com. More of her music's on Bandcamp and other such places. The links are all there. I am so thankful, Katie, that you choose to share your time and your inspiration, your growth with us. Thank you so much. You know, we all just want to be heard. So thank you for letting me feel that. And so we're going to go out for today's Song of the Soul with Katie Vernon with her song, Latest Disaster, on Suit of Hearts CD that she's just released. I want to thank Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Latest Disaster by Katie Vernon.
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.